Alright, what's going on everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. Before we start into today's episode, I have a quick question for you. Raise your hand if you are listening and you are a founder or you are a founder type or working on side projects. Now, if you're if you're driving, please don't raise your hand. But if you're thinking that's me, chances are you might have a co-founder and in today's world, everything's remote. And this is unfortunate for founding teams because teams work fastest when they're together, right? When you're starting something new from scratch, being in the same room has a magical kind of feeling to it. And when we're all remote, you don't really get the same thing. Well, what if I told you there's a way to get that same output, right? Get that same feeling while being remote. And luckily there is. Uh, our sponsor for the next couple of weeks for Forward Thinking Founders is Sidekick. And Sidekick is an always-on display that sits next to you, next to your computer. It allows you to work right next to your co-founder like you were in the same room. This eliminates most of the problems that you kind of get when founding a startup remotely. And you're able to move faster and, and, and kind of get stuff done in a much more efficient way like you could with if you were in the same room. And luckily, because you're a listener of Forward Thinking Founders, you get a big discount on on Sidekick devices. If you go to sidekick.video slash FTF, you get $30 off. The market rate is $50 per device. As a listener of this podcast, it is $20 per device. $30 off total per device. So go to sidekick.video slash FTF, get your devices, and get you and your co-founders working together like you're in the same room, even if you're remote. Hope you enjoy it. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Matt DeCorcel, who's the founder of Paper Street. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Hey, good. How's it going? Thanks for having me on the show today. Yeah, it's going really well. I am super stoked to have you on. I know we talked a few months ago about Paper Street, and it's like totally in line with how I think the world should go. So I'm super stoked <laughs> to have you on. For people that don't know what Paper Street is or know what, what I'm talking about at all, what is Paper Street? Yeah, so Paper Street is essentially a network of startups. Uh, we primarily work with accelerator programs right now. Um, but these startups have access to tools that help them write and distribute their investor updates. Uh, but at the, at the same time, they also have the ability to become discovered by the investor and mentor community that we're building. And that's basically Paper Street in a nutshell. Yeah, no, it's good and concise. I like it a lot. So let's kind of like talk about the founder perspective. So let's say I was a founder in an accelerator that you work with, maybe like a tech stars or something like that. What would my experience be 
if I was on Paper Street, like if I if I if they're like, oh hey, we got this platform, update us through this. Like, what 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 is that? What what is the product like? Uh, so I mean, I'll walk you through the onboarding experience. Um, so we do a lot of handholding in the beginning because we really try to make sure that the quality of the companies and the way that they look and are viewed on the platform uh, is very high. So we work with the accelerator program a few weeks ahead of time. They pass off all the data on those companies. We actually then create the first version of each company's profile, their class page, their portfolio page or whatever. Um, and then the first week of program, we do an introductory call uh, that's roughly 45 minutes to an hour long. So I talk, I give it 10 top reasons why they should be writing updates. Um, so I do that first. That's about like the first 15 or 20 minutes. Founders can ask us questions. And this is a call with the entire accelerator class, which is usually about 10 companies. Um, and oh, and then so usually like the day before that call, we also invite them all to their profiles uh, so that they can log in and start using Paper Street and they'll have questions ready when we do the onboarding call. Um, so then, yeah, I talk about basically what are uh, top 10 reasons why they should be writing updates. And then we go through a full demonstration of Paper Street. We talk about some tips and tricks, uh, how to use the product, how to distribute their updates, how to get contacts in the system, how to edit their profiles, and a lot of the basic things that they need to know so that we answer all those questions ahead of time. Um, and then most importantly, we tell them, hey, if you want to reach out to us on Intercom, we try to respond within one to two minutes. So literally, if it's like two o'clock in the morning and I'm still awake and somebody hits up on our on our intercom, I will respond to you <laughs> uh, if anybody has any questions or issues. And yeah, and that's basically the experience. And then as they're going through uh, the program, the accelerator is distributing their class page, which gives them a breakdown and filtering and all those sorts of things uh, so, so that anybody lands on that page, they can kind of go through the various companies, discover their profiles, and then the mentors and investors that are part of that network can then uh, click to connect or subscribe to that company's updates. And then those are received, those notifications are received into the contact management system that we've built for the founders. So you mentioned when you were explaining what it is that there's kind of like two ways to use it. There's updating your current investors, then they're like potentially being discovered by people that may not be investors yet or may not be mentors. Can you kind of go into that second point? Um, how can, like, who is discovering them? Who are these people? Is this like a strategy these startups can use? Can you just dive into that second point for me? Yeah. So um, if you think about it, every accelerator program is kind of like a mini marketplace. So they have their high quality startups on one side. So like a tech search program might have 500 to a thousand companies apply. They, they boil that down to about 10 companies. Um, so you have high quality startups on one side. And on the other side, you'll have investors and mentors that are interacting and helping and communicating with that uh, community. And what we've built is essentially a company lookbook that the founders can dynamically update and change at all the, at any time. And as the accelerator class distributes that company lookbook, it gives an easy way for those investors or those mentors to then come in and say, hey, I'd love to start receiving your updates. Um, and then the founders can just easily, you know, with the click of a button, add them to their contact management system and then start pushing out their updates. So like a Techstars class, for example, they're writing updates on a weekly basis because so much is happening like within a three month period. 
they, you know, ensure that all their founders are pushing out updates regularly while they're going through the process. So it's really great for us because by the time the founders are done, they've written roughly a year's worth of monthly updates on our platform, uh, you know, which makes it really sticky for, for us. <laughs> um, and then, you know, it, it allows them to start building relationships and trust and so forth with the community of people that are connecting with them. Um, yeah. I mean that, I align with that a lot. I mean, the way I got an investment from my last company was literally just updating the investor for a year and a half. Yeah, Jason. Just like, oh, invest in that. It was just like updating <laughs> on the progress of the company, right? Um, so I, I totally align with what you're doing. Let's, I'm kind of interested in the, the, the other side of the coin. Um, well, it's actually kind of many sides. You got the founders. Yeah. Then you got the accelerators. And then you got the investors slash mentors, which are like kind of in the same bucket in this instance. Let's kind of talk about the accelerators. Um, there's, there's, there's a bunch out there, um, yeah. obviously. Are, are you only trying to work with a few? Ideally, do you want all of them? I guess, how do you know what to look for in an accelerator? Like, do they pay to do it? Do you pay that? Like, how, does it, how do you get accelerators yeah. on board? Yeah, so currently the accelerators pay us. Um, we are really focused on going after high-quality accelerators right now. Um, and, you know, really the ones that reach out to us um, that maybe we haven't heard of or we're not aligned with. We really have a call where we try to determine like what quality of accelerator and like if our product's like a good fit for it. Uh, Cause there's a lot of accelerators out there that don't really push their founders to do updates on a regular basis while they're going through the program. And if they're not writing updates and it's not like something that's like really important for that accelerator, like that kind of, you know, um, they're, they're not really aligned with like the vision of where the, company and the product is right now so um but we've been getting a lot of accelerators <laughs> reaching out to us recently we we also built this full demo day, virtual demo day experience um which has driven a lot more customers towards us uh and we also have a sort of partnership with gan which is the global accelerator network that was also born out of Techstars. um so yeah, uh, and now we also have a lot of VC portfolios. So the cool thing is as uh, companies that are coming through accelerators, they get funded by VCs, they continue to write their updates through our platform, then those investors start receiving updates from Paper Street, and a lot of them are really impressed with the, qu the quality, how it looks, how easy it is to read and so forth. They're like, hey, how do we get all of our portfolio companies on Paper Street? So. Um, you know, just because, just by distributing and, you know, making their updates look great on the platform, uh, it's really dri driving more customers towards us and more accelerators, more VCs, and so forth. Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me that this need, this needed to be built. At some, this is going to be built at some point, and it just so happens <laughs> that it's you and it's right now. How does, I, I want to kind of keep driving in on the, um, the, process of invest in updating investors right before they invest i think this is like a like a pretty like you like not explored con uh, concept in startups <clears throat> which i think should be is this a um I, I guess i have a potential use case like let's say i was in an accelerator let's just say I somehow got on and updated like my startup every, every every month or every week on this is there a way for me to then like let people know like investors hey i'm up my updates are here please like subscribe please check it yeah. out like you don't have to invest but just 
I'll keep you posted. Is that, yeah. is that a, one, is that possible? And two, are you actually like pushing that or is it more so pushing the, just an, update your current investors and you also have this set, this thing as well, which is discoverability. Yeah. I think with the, with startups and, you know, running anything like obviously we're doing a marketplace play. Like we really have to be just focused on one side of the market. Um, so founders are like our most, our, our core clients, like it's all our metrics, everything that we're doing with our product. Like it's all just like everything we monitor is really around like the founders and the investor side and like people coming to people's profile and connecting is all great, but it's not something that we're like super, super focused on at this point. Cause you just can't, you can't like, you know, like NFX says, like, you know, the hardest powder about building a marketplace play is like, um, you know, you have to build two businesses at the same time. So we really are taking like a market network approach where we're building tools for founders to use and distribute, you know, updates. Um, so yeah, sorry, what was the second part of your question? Yeah, no sway. I just, so I mean, I think that's smart on the targeting founders because at the end of the day, founders are what makes everybody all the money. Like founders create, like start the company and then investors get a piece of it, but it's like the founder driven, right? So that makes a lot of sense. I guess for the founder, um, I guess the second part of the question was, do they have the power to kind of do whatever they want with these updates? Like they, they yeah. can update current yeah. investors, they can do new investors. Let's actually, the, the question is, what can a founder do with this platform? Who can they update? What different things can they do with their updates um, once a founder gets on, I, I guess is the, the total question. Yeah, so any email address they can put into their contact management system. So we kind of have like a light CRM uh, that we built. It was like 15,000 lines of code. It looks very simple, but it's actually very complicated to do. Um, so they can put in any contacts into their system. So the way we do our updates actually is we write our most sensitive update first, which has the most sensitive information, revenue, like all of our metrics, numbers, everything. And, uh, we distribute that to our investors and like our team and like a few select people. And then we take that update and we actually use this copy and edit function, which we built, which basically duplicates that update. And then we remove any sort of sensitive content from that update. And then we distribute that to like mentors, prospective investors, like everybody else. So, um, and we'll use the same title. So everybody feels like they're getting an update and everybody's feeling like included, but people are getting different versions and um, different, slightly different versions of the update, but they're all still getting updated. And so we, we made that process like really simple and easy to do on the platform. And a lot of people that, um, you know, after they go through the accelerator program, they start, you know, writing like two or multiple different updates that have different types of content in them. Um, yeah. And then with regards to, I think what your other part of the question was like, you know, um, if I'm a founder, like, should I be writing my prospective investors and like keeping them up to date? And I like, uh, totally like you should you should definitely be doing that um like i hate i actually hate that these are called investor updates because i feel like you know a lot of founders feel like oh like i just distribute this thing to my investors and that is so far from the truth it's not even funny like i have so much data to show like behind the scenes like how like how many people are getting these types of updates from startups like i want to say the average company on our platform is sending anywhere to 150 people um, per update is like somewhere it's probably between 100 to 150 somewhere in that mark but um, there are a lot of like people are sending to their friends and family their you know founder buddies um, you know potential investors service providers um, you know 
potential partners, their customer, like, you know, really close customers, especially if you're doing like the enterprise level stuff. Um, you know, people are keeping a lot of people up to date on like the status and how the company's doing and how they need to progress. So um, it's really important. And if you think about it, when you go out to raise money from investors and VCs, you're going to hear a lot of no's. And what's really important is that you keep those people that said no, like on the sidelines, um, you know, and one of the tools that you can use is investor updates. Like it's one of the only reasons that gives me a reason to send you an email after you've said no to me. Um, so by writing these updates and keeping people up to date, like you can turn those no's into yeses. And like, we've seen that so many times on the platform. So that's one thing that, we really have determined is like this is a really great way to build relationships and then most importantly turn the dots like in the lines for these investors and um you know and i don't know how many tech stars mds and like investors i've heard from that are like you know the companies that take updating and writing updates seriously and are consistent and they're always pushing out updates like on a monthly cadence and i can almost predict it those companies more often than less become the successful winners that, you know, we ended up investing in. And I think that it just shows a certain type of discipline in these founders. And I'm not sure like there's, you know, a direct correlation that like, Hey, if I write updates, like my company's going to go to the moon. But, um, you know, I do think there is something to be said by the founders that do take this process seriously. Um, I think things, you know, become much easier for them. So how do you convince founders of that? Cause I actually like, Five, no, it's actually the question is how do you convince founders? How do you get founders on the platform? Like I am fully bought into this, this idea simply because I did it like without a platform, but, like I did it a, a year and a half ago. And it's just right. like, you're, you're damn right. Like if you're giving consistent <laughs> updates, the first of every month, like there's something about you that's different because not no, no, no average founder is going to do that. Right. right. Um, and I think it is, it, it makes a lot of sense. How do you get the word out about it? Like th this is something that probably every startup in the world should be on. So <laughs> you probably, you probably have maybe like a percent or like a half a percent. How do you get, how do you get more startups onto the platform? Yeah. So, I mean, again, right now, like we're really trying to achieve like true product, product market fit, like the Mark Andreessen version of product market fit, where it's like, you know, when you've achieved product market fit, you just know it <laughs> like, you know, customers are coming to you, people are, you know, you have investors staking out on your lawn and like, uh, so that's kind of where we're at. So we're really not trying to grow too fast right now. And which is why we're using the accelerators and, you know, the VCs and so forth to really push the idea and the product, um, to capture the right founders right now. So like, we don't want to be another angelist where we just have 5 million random companies on the platform. We really want like high quality companies that take, um, you know, writing updates seriously. They want to be put out into a front of an audience of people that, um, you know, understands that, hey, you know, building a company is, is very difficult. And, you know, you have to be open, you have to be transparent about like the good things, the bad things that are happening. Um, so, I mean, that's really the community and, the, and what we're trying to build right now. So um, when we're ready to go to the big leagues and, you know, maybe it's at like our series A level or whatever, um, and we're, you know, trying to push out to the broader audience. Um, we really hope that the product just starts to sell itself. And like, we have a lot of network effect things that just drive more users uh, into the platform. So anybody can go to paperstreet.vc right now and join our wait list and you can fill out a form 
And if we think you're a good fit, you'll get an invite to join sort of the beta version of Paper Street right now. Um, and yeah, I don't know. <laughs> kinda, yeah, kinda no, it's, I encourage people to do that. I'm actually, because when we, when you showed it to me, like two months, whenever we we talked, I, I got a login and I'm actually scrolling through a little bit now. And it's like, you're doing something super interesting. It's like, it's like this, um, I mean, this is like totally up my alley. So I'm like, you know, inherently just like super intrigued and want to off the record, talk about ways that I can, that I can get on or whatever. Cause it's just like such a cool platform, but time is running out. So I do want to go to the last couple of questions. So let's say you find product market fit, you raise the series a that B you get a billion startups on. It's just like works. It all works. All right. In a decade. What does, <laughs> Uh, what does this look like? Or I guess in other words, what's your big vision? Uh, not yeah. so much like the, oh, like we're taking it a day at a time, but like if it all works, what what could this be and what direction <laughs> are you rowing in? So ultimately like what we've figured out is no matter what, like investors are really data-driven decision makers. Um, so one of the biggest problems we're really trying to solve is like reduce the amount of time that it takes founders to really get the feedback from the investment community. Um, so whether that's like, Hey, help you raise your round faster or help you figure out that you're not ready to like go out and raise the round that, that you were trying to. So, um, investor matchmaking is like a really big thing that we're trying to play into where we understand like the dynamics of like the metrics that they're looking for with startups, the types of companies they're looking for, the types of founders and so forth to the, to like, to the degree of like how Facebook puts ads in front of your face. Like that's what we want to do with like investors and founders to the point where like, Hey founder, these are the right investors for you. Hey investors, these are, these are right founders. These are right startups for you. And really, you know, do the matchmaking process to the degree that like we all wished AngelList and like some of these other products out there had done um, and really save the amount of time that it takes a founder to like go out and raise around because like when you're fundraising, like you literally cannot build your company. Like it is a, such a soul sucking process. It's largely a waste of time. Um, you go meet with 200 investors and it took you, you know, the 199th one or 200th investor to, to finally, you know, like want to lead your round. I don't know how many VCs I meet that are like, Hey, well, we don't lead. And it's like, well, okay. <laughs> like, what? It's like, well, why are you meeting with me then? So, um, you know, it's just the whole process, it feels like it's like 1995 and we really want to fix that. And we feel like if we can fix that with how we're building the product, it opens up a lot of opportunities to jump into like corporate innovation, to recruiting, to like alternative financing, because at the end of the day, it's really this like data discrepancy between founders and startup uh, founders and like investors and different like entities that interact with companies. Um, so we think there's a lot of like really cool things we can, we can do in the future with regards to like how we're capturing the data on the startups and then how we can help the startups use their data and like put that data to work to reduce like their biggest headaches, which is like, you know, capital investment, which is a huge one. And to make that 
that happen, you'll need a lot of help, right? You'll need tons of startups. You'll need tons of investors and mentors. You need all of that. You, you might need more investors to invest it if you, if you want to go down that route, but you'll definitely help from the forward thinking founders community, which happens to be mostly founders. So for my, <laughs> for my last question for you is how can the forward thinking founders community help um, with what you're building? Is there an ask? Are you hiring, looking for users? Are you fundraising? Is there anything that we can do to help? Yeah, for sure. So we're actually kicking off our seed round right now. Um, so I'm meeting with VCs, angels, so forth. Anybody who's interested in investing, please feel free to reach out. If this sort of jived with you and, um, you know, you think paper street might be an interesting investment for you, uh, please let me know. And if any of you founders, um, you know, even if you're running bootstrap companies, I highly recommend writing updates. Um, you know, it keeps you on pace of like, Hey, how the hell was my company performing this month? Um, and you're not planning on raising money, I still think it's a good uh, habit to start building. So, um, you know, if there's founders within your community that are interested in being on the platform, um, maybe we can like make a Google spreadsheet and we can, um, you know, have a little founders forward sort of portfolio um, on the platform uh, you know, for companies that are interested in, in writing and distributing updates. Great. Uh, definitely interested in chatting with about that later. Um, I guess my true last question is if someone wanted to get on and sign up for the wait list or just learn more about it, what's your URL? Are you on Twitter? What's your email? I guess if someone's listening and they're like, I got to get involved with this, how can they get in touch? Yeah. So you can go to paperstreet.vc uh, is the website. And in the middle of the page, um, you'll see, you know, there's a, a hero banner or whatever. Um, and then there's waitlist link there. If you're a founder and you want to you want to join and get on Paper Street, if you are just an investor or anyone that wants to discover and browse through the platform, you can sign up for Paper Street. So uh, there's a sign up link at the top of the page. Um, feel free to sign up. You can use your email address or LinkedIn, and you'll have the ability to um, go through all the various companies on the platform. You can always hit us up on Intercom too. Um, again, that's like a quick way to reach us if you're interested in, in um, if you have any questions. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of Forward Thinking Founders. If you want more of Forward Thinking, I'm excited to let you know that we now have a community. Well, it's not really a community. It's more of a city. It's called Forward Thinking City. And in Forward Thinking City, you're able to do AMAs with past guests that have been on the podcast. For example, today we just talked to Jonathan Barkle, who's the CEO of Air Garage. Um, additionally, we have the CEO of Catch, Kristen Anderson. We have Austin Allred, the CEO of Lambda School, coming in. And these are people that you can talk with, right? You can ask them questions. These are AMAs. Additionally, you're able to do happy hours with other residents once a week so you can meet other people, learn about their startups. You also have a chance to do startup office hours and get feedback on your on your startup or your product, as well as get a chance to pitch actual investors, real VCs. And this is all only for $7 a month. So if you want to support me as a creator, but more importantly, if you want to move your startup career forward and faster and get you access to guests on the podcast, other people in the city, and potentially potential investors, then go to forwardthinking.city and sign up today for $7 a month. That's forwardthinking.city. All right, see you tomorrow.